Hello everyone and welcome back to the FPL Banger Podcast. This is the Game Week 32 preview. My name is Siva and I'm joined by Sam. Sam, how are you feeling? How how are you looking forward to tonight? Burnley v Everton, the amazing conclusion to this glorious double Game Week 31. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is we did warn you guys of maybe it's too soon, right? Maybe Wegos will score a hat trick tonight or something like that. The consoli- the con- consolation for Burnley owners is that, you know, the City game was always going to be a write-off and they're just banking on Everton's terrible form. So it all could come true tonight. By the time this podcast comes out, we already know. So we'll see. Yeah, and uh, congratulations on your Weghorst haul or uh, commiserations on your Weghorst blank. I can't believe it happened. Either way, you know, whichever outcome uh, happens, uh, you can use this. Let's get into Gaming 32, Sam, because we're more concerned looking forward. Finally, we, I, I can't remember the last time we had a game week that was just normal. You know, 10 fixtures, no doubles, no blanks, nothing. It's just it's simple, clean. Aren't you happy about that? Yeah, back in the good old days of FPL, before COVID decimated the schedule and things like that. Yeah, and you weren't forced to get, you know, random dudes just because they allegedly have two fixtures. So instead of, you know, going from transferring all these weird players, let's get back to something more sensible, more straightforward, like selling Mo Salah. Because apparently that's what everybody wants us to talk about. We've got questions here from Jigs, FPL Trinity. Is it time to be brave and take more out for Bruno? And then Captain Bruno in 32 against Everton. Captain Bruno Fernandez. We've got CFC Nick. Downgrade Salah so he can get Kane and Son. Or KDB instead. We've got Jono asking, downgrading Salah to Captain Kane this week. FPL Khaled, what is the best plan at Mo? Sam, I feel like I'm getting flashbacks from last season where we, we spent so much time talking about Salah and selling Salah when he had, I think it was like 15 blanks in a row. He's had, I don't know, three blanks in a row now and uh, or, or less. Are you feeling like you want to sell Salah? I have heavily considered it, Siva. I have to admit. And even last week, I wasn't so keen on Salah, which is why I didn't captain him. Turned out to be the right decision. You know, I enjoyed a glorious one extra point <laughs> by captaining Kane instead. Masterclass. Yeah. Um, I'm something of a scientist myself. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think there is an argument to it. Um, Salah has not been performing that well. Um, of course, if you look at underlying stats, Eva, which I'm sure you'll bring up later, he has been doing well. But what matters is the FPL points, right? And aside from the penalty, you know, he hasn't really been on fire these past few weeks. Um, could you say that teams are now marking Salah even closer now that you know they're all so worried about him which is then opening space for his other teammates i think there is valid um it's a valid argument to you know bring salah down to say jota and then you know spending the money elsewhere now i'm saying it's a valid argument i'm not saying i'm going to do it but i can see i can see why some people would be tempted to okay let's 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 expand this right because 
I think uh, one of the things about selling Salah is it's heavily dependent on your chip strategy. Now, if you don't plan to play any chip in Game Week 33, if you're not playing free hit, for example, I can s- sort of see the logic because Salah plays City and United the next two. He doesn't have a double in either of these weeks. Whereas, and this is, I think, the more, uh, you know, to come back to FPL Trinity's question, Bruno Fernandes plays this week against Everton and then doubles in 33 against Norwich and Liverpool. So right off the bat, you get arguably two better fixtures and you get a double. Okay, so United fans, Sam, Bruno Fernandes, premium midfielder, has a double in 33. Would you sell Salah for him? I would not. <laughs> Simple answer. <laughs> although, although, I um, I know we're going to discuss chips later. I am planning to free hit in 33, so I probably will have Bruno in my team. But I don't really want Bruno or any United player, you know, any more than one week. I know they're playing Everton. Everton's bad, but United's United. I just do not trust them at all. That said, Bruno's underlying numbers are pretty pretty solid, you know. Um, actually, really good, I would say. So, I don't think it's the worst move. It's a big risk, but perhaps this is what you need. So, like Sue was saying, it all comes down to your own personal team and things like that. I think if you're having a terrible season right now and you just want to take big risks to try and jump up, all or nothing, right? It's only we only have how many more weeks? Seven weeks left. Yep. Right. So, you know, this could be the move that will help you jump up the rankings. After all, everyone has Salah, so you know, and we all captain Salah when it's obvious. Therefore, you're not really gaining anything by having Salah. It's hundred percent shield pick right now, right? I mean, that's one way to look at it, but you're also not losing massively when he eventually does score, right? And you have yeah. to think logically, and we spoke about underlying data, and I'll, I'll post some stuff after the, the the podcast, but basically Salah's underlying data has stayed pretty constant. He's a non-pen XG, he's one of the highest in the league, and it's higher on average than any of the replacements you're talking about. It's way higher than somebody like KDB, who has really poor non-pen XG data. It's much higher than Sun, it's much higher than Bruno. Bruno's Decent data in the last few games, but it's also opposition-influenced, right? He's played Watford, Leeds, Brighton in the last five. So Salah gets really consistent data. He's just, okay, he's got a couple of blanks. But if he does haul big, you may not own him, but a lot of people are going to hold him. And so the damage you could do to yourself, and I hate talking like this, right? But you could suffer quite a bit if he scores two against City, which he did the last time they played City. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's an all-or-nothing strategy, I guess, if you're planning to jump off Salah. If you're having a good season, I don't see the reason, any reason to take the risk to get him off your team. But if you're, you know, the season's crap, you're, say, at overall one meal or something like that, and you just want to go all out, then I think this is the time to do it. Okay. But since you're not convinced by Bruno as a replacement, then who do you replace Salah with? Assuming you are doing this using transfers and you're not thinking about chip in 33. Um, I would only go for KDB, I think. He's on great form. Now, you didn't mention his XG numbers are low, but he's always historically outperformed his XG, right? Um, the goals he scores are always, you know, beautiful. 
<laughs> curlers from outside the box and things like that. So always overperforms his XG. On form now, it makes it tricky because Liverpool and City are playing each other this coming week. So I'm, I don't know if this is the week to do it to go Salah to KDB, but um, in isolation, right? The only other asset, premium asset, I would consider selling Salah for would be De Bruyne. Yeah, see, and that's where I, I find it's quite difficult because would I sell Salah for De Bruyne this week? I think it's a such a fifty fifty game and. I think Liverpool are capable of scoring against City, so I'm not I'm not sold on that. Whereas if you, so you're getting the same fixture that you're getting on both ends, and then City in 33 play, they play Brighton, right? Yeah, yes, they play Brighton midweek. They don't have a double. They play Brighton a single game week. It's a good fixture, but you also run into. Here's my issue with City. I think rotationally, and maybe I'm looking for reasons to avoid KDB. But the rotation risk with City, I feel, is always going to be higher than with Liverpool just because of the number of options they have. City not only have to play uh, in uh, the Champions League, similar to Liverpool, but their fixture list means that they play Brighton in midweek and then they play Watford uh, later down that line in Game Week 34. So it's a short turnaround time. So you could see people rested against Brighton and then playing against Watford or vice versa. I just feel like KDB right now is not going to be that much of a better pick compared to Salah. Also not that explosive, right? He's not on pens. So you're relying purely on him continuing this run of scoring from distance and scoring these amazing goals, which it like I can't remember the last time KDB scored two goals or more than two goals or, two, or three goals, for instance. Yeah, that's true. Um, actually, he did score two goals against United just only you know, a few weeks back. Fair. The, the bonus for KDB is that when he does score, he tends to get maximum bonus points. I'm not oh, even he, kidding. He gets like bonus he, when he doesn't score. He gets bonus when he blanks, mate. I remember last year he got two bonus points in a blank. Yeah. I don't know. It's something about the way City plays, the way KDB is for them. He gets pretty much... There's only one instance where he got um anything less than three bonus points. Only two instances this entire season. It's like three or nothing for him. Whereas for Salah, bonus points are really, really far apart, actually. It's only because he scores so often that he kind of racks it up. But he, take, he takes a lot of shots, right? That's the, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Points. He loses the ball a lot and things like that, which all uh, comes as a negative in the bonus points scoring system. So I do like KDB. I do agree, though, with rotation. Um, same with Liverpool, I would argue. Any team that's still in Champions League will be subject to rotational risk. Now, maybe a bit less for Salah because Salah tends to want to play every game, I think. And he's probably fit enough to play every game. We talked about this last week too, right? Um, in sports science, they call it the red zone. So, And I think Klopp himself have talked about it. Sorry, Klopp himself has talked about it um, in interviews before. Right, so the physios, the spot signs, they will say, you know, these players are in the red zone. If you play them, you run the risk of injuring them, and it's up to him to decide, to take their advice, or to, you know, just go through with it, trust his players, um, and things like that. It's really hard to tell. We have no certain answer. I would say even Salah is probably, I don't think he's going to play every single Premier League game for the rest of the season. Interesting. I feel like the fact that Salah was subbed off early against Benfica 
is a sign that Klopp knows he needs to protect his best players. And I think that's also a sign that you expect Salah to start in the league, which is why I'm kind of reluctant to sell. But yeah, I can see what you mean. He's not going to play every minute. And now they have depth, right? They have quality. They've got Luis Diaz, who's really playing very well. They've got Jota. Um, we had those questions about whether you take Salah out to double up on Sun and Kane. How do you feel about that? Double up on Spurs, who look really good right now. Yeah, actually, um, I was going to suggest that. Um, earlier on, you asked me which place today. I said KDB, but after some thinking, I do think doubling up on Sun, um, if you don't have if you don't already have three Spurs players, it's a good option because you still have that little bit of extra cash which later on you can upgrade one of your other midfielders to say KDB, you know, after the Liverpool City game if you just want to avoid it totally. So that could be an option. Spurs, really good fixtures up to the end of the season. No European um, commitments. So 100% in on Premier League. So, you know, Sun's going to play every game. Kane's going to play every game. They look like they're on fire. The team seems to be clicking more. Sun, Kane looks integral to the attack or always has been integral to the attack. I I do like it. A few weeks yeah. back, we did say, right? Like we would not spend that much money on Sun and Kane back when they were inconsistent. But now I think they've shown some more consistency. I think it's worth it now. Kind of regretting that I went in for Kulu already last week. So it's going to be hard for me to... Um, try and put Sun back in for Kulu. Yeah, I'm not regretting going Kulu, Kane, and Doherty uh, because I think Kulu's really good value for the price. At 6 mil, I think he provides something that is very hard to find amongst like a consistent budget mid, apart from maybe Jared Bowen, who is probably moving out of that price range slowly and doesn't have doubles. Uh, Kulu does give you something else. Now, that being said, I, I would love to have Sun and Kane. And... If you had, yeah, if I had to pick a replacement this week, I think Sun is probably would be my preference. Also, bearing in mind that while Bruno Fernandez has a double in 33, let's be very honest, right? It's Norwich plus two points, okay? Like, I don't see United doing one. anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be one because Bruno winds and gets yellows anyway. So I just don't see United getting much against Liverpool. And I think it's similar, you got to remember with Burnley having this double against Man City, it's not really a double game week. So you take that fixture aside. Bruno has Norwich Everton, Sun has Villa Brighton. I do think Sun could do just as well in Villa Brighton. So that is a, something that I would consider. I think if you're really going to do it, and it's pretty differential. A lot of people don't have the funds to get that kind of doubled in place. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Do we still need to talk about Salah? <laughs> I mean, have we even come to a conclusion yet? Okay, well, let's, let's put it this way. There's no point talking in hypotheticals. Are you selling Salah? No, um, no, I probably won't. As as tempted as I may be when I look at the bus team when Salah's not in the team, uh, not in the squad, I probably will not take the risk at my rank. Now, like I said earlier, I think if your rank is low, you're not happy season and you want to go all in, then go for it. That's That would be my advice, I think. Cop out of an answer, Sam. Okay, I'll give you a is proper it, answer. Is it a cop out? Yeah, I I don't think is it that I, I remember telling you about this. There's a guy on Twitter called FPL Riser who doesn't look at rank the whole season. He doesn't want it to influence his decisions, and I think now is a perfect time it, when you talk about this. It's not about rank for me. Like, 
I'm not going to sell Salah. And the reason for it is because, like you mentioned, uh, the team looks always better when he's there. More importantly, to the point, Liverpool are chasing the title. So their best players will need to step up. Salah's one of their best players, if not the best player. I can't see so Salah blanking. Um, City not chasing the title, so their players don't need to step up. I would say if in a in the way the systems, the way they play, Salah as a goal scorer is more integral than any City players. City are more part of a collective, if that makes sense, right? Like one week, you as you can see, right? You can all we've seen it before when City win five 0 you may end up owning the midfielder who doesn't score any goals. Right, one day it's Bilva who's scoring. One day it's Mares who's scoring. One now it's KDB who's been scoring recently. Before this, it was Foden. It's more of a collective effort. Whereas with Liverpool, granted, it's spreading out a bit more now. But usually, you know, and we go back three weeks, four weeks ago, it was always Salah's always banging in. He's always integral to that. So I feel with the run in, Salah's gonna step up. It may not be this week. It may not be next week. But eventually he will. And I don't really want to use transfers to take him out and bring him back in because. His price point is really uh, not a friendly one. Once you take him out, my guess is you can't bring him back in because he's the most expensive player. You're going to use that cash somewhere else and it's just going to be very uh, difficult to bring him back in. That's why it doesn't appeal to me. And I just feel the underlying data is there. So you're really banking on him to continue to underperform his underlying data. And whilst I'm all for ignoring underlying data when it comes to like Josh King, this is more Salah, mate. So... I, I just don't see it. And he's got pens, which, you know, a lot of these premium midfielders we're talking about, Sun, Bruno, and KDB do not have pens. And pens covers up a variety of flaws. You can have be a really awful player. People held Rafinha for 10 weeks thinking he was great. No, he was shit, but he had pens. And, he, you know, he got a few pens, and that's why he looked like a good asset. So pens cover up for a lot of these flaws. I think when you add all that, plus the fact that Liverpool's fixtures do get easier after this initial tricky period, they still have doubles to come. When a Liverpool double comes, you need Salah. You're not going to go into a double game week for Liverpool without Salah, right? So, long story short, I'm not convinced by the case, regardless of chip strategy, but especially for you and me, it really is hard sell because we're going to free hit in 33. So we can avoid him if we want to that week, if we need to. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, good. We spent 20 minutes talking about selling Salah and then we agreed not to sell Salah. So that was productive. <laughs> um and for the few people who are still listening and aren't pissed off that we can't, you know, can't support this, let's move on. Okay, let's. We've got some quick fire topics here to talk about because Salah was the main topic this week, I think. Budget forwards, FPL fledgling, really good friend of the pod, and who, who you should follow him on Twitter. Just follow him, and you'll thank me later. And he wants to, us to talk about the top three best budget forward options from Game Week Thirty Two. Now, Sam, I would argue that every forward that I consider now is budget bar Kane, but if you had to pick three. It's really tough because they're all really bad. The only ones where I have kept my eye on, um, first is Mateta from Crystal Palace. If he can nail his spot, he's been doing well, you know. Um, he's got three goals in the past five games in the league. He also scored um, in the FA Cup, right? Yeah, against Everton, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty on decent form. Now, the problem is, in the past three Premier League games, he's only played 68 minutes, 64 minutes, 68 minutes. So, his minutes are being managed. However, he is the best of their strikers right now based on form. I know a lot of people are burned 
on um, Crystal Palace strikers earlier on in the season when most people went in on um, Edward, right? So yeah, who had similar minutes if you recall, sixty, 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 <laughs> yeah. and then it became zero. I mean, you put me in a tough spot here because if you ask me, I would say all strikers are bad. Just get one striker, Kane, and forget about everyone else. If I had to pick one right now as a different, you know, as a budget striker, my first choice would be Mateta. If you put a gun to my head. But Fair. basically, they're all bad. They're all bad. I can't even name a second one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm totally with you. And this is why I, I play 5-4-1 and I'm playing, you know, 4-5-1. I have no interest in having more than one striker. I love Ivan Tony, right? And I thought he was really good against Chelsea. God knows what happened to Chelsea that day. He looked really good. But even then, Tony's fixtures, they aren't that easy. They don't double at all. He's 6.7. I, I'm not convinced. And he's got Spurs and United in 34 and 35 and West Ham this week. So the fixtures aren't great. Uh, you come down to Cucho, uh, Cucho Hernandez. Has looked good, but it's a Watford forward. I feel like we've done this before, right? One or two good performances and then they fall off a cliff. And again, I just, just don't trust Watford, do I? Like, yeah, I guess they're, he's... They're going down. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, Everton are giving them a run for their money. But I guess the good thing about somebody like Cucho, Mateta... And even if you go down to Gelhart, who I like. Gelhart, I really like because... Didn't he just get injured again? Uh, he was injured. He came back into the squad. He missed the, the game before this, but he came back as a sub for the last one. No, I think he, he played um under-23 a few days ago and got injured. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for once, I'm more up-to-date with news than you, Siva. Oh, oh, this, this, oh you're right. Oh, no. This is, this is awful news. Yeah, leg injury, limping off during the under-23s. Uh, he's set to be assessed. Okay, that's wonderful. Right, but I'll tell you why Galhart's good. Because he's 4.6 and you're never going to play him. <laughs> yeah. so to, Basically, yeah, ask... at this point, I so my two strikers are Broja and Dennis. Both I got cheap. So I'm not wasting a transfer to get them out. Just going to leave them on my bench for the rest of the season and just let them rot there. If one day I do have a free transfer or maybe when I'm wildcarding, then I'll bring them down to a 4.5 or whatever. Just let them rot. Because <laughs> there's literally no other good striker in the game right now. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is Kane and Mateta for, for the vibes, but we're going to bench him 9 times out of 10 and yeah, pick, pick a random dude and stick him as your third bench. Possibly Vardy once he gets back, but I think the latest news is it's still some some time away. Yeah. Also, we were asked to look at budget forwards, Sam, and Vardy is distinctly oh, not yeah. a budget yeah, okay, forward. Okay. Although so, Nacho uh, did score against United, and with the Vardy injury news, maybe Rogers, against his 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 deepest desires and wishes, actually has to play Nacho now. Maybe, maybe, but he's not nil. Yeah. And I don't know, 7.0. Like, I'd rather get some some cheap fellow who's at least nailed <laughs> and then just, you know, let him let him stick in the bench. I mean, it would sound like a, sound like a broken record, but just to put it into context, right? 7.0 for Nacho, six point, even 6.7 for Tony. I would take Robertson, Trent, Cancelo, Rudiger. Again, Reese James. I mean, you take all these guys ahead of any of these dudes. Yeah, even midfielders, I think. Saka, Kulu, um... I'm sure there are others that I'm forgetting, but yeah. <laughs> Jared Bowen, so, so I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when, I don't know. It depends on West Ham, so Europe and stuff like that. But 
basically, I think we are in agreement here, Siva. Strikers are all bad. Okay, very good. Um, helpful. I think we are providing a lot of help. Um, Chelsea, we have a question here from Ahmad. Uh, for the next period, I would like to go in a direction to get James. I don't have any Chelsea players. Or should I instead double up on Man City assets? Because I already have Cancelo. Should I get Laporte? Okay, so basically, do you get Chelsea defenders or Man City defense? It's interesting. I was listening to Andy, uh, Let's have, Let's Talk FPL, and he, he's expressing a lot of regret for going for Reese James this week. He wishes he had just gone straight to Cancelo. I made the same move, and I'm still not regretting it because I feel like James is so integral to the way Chelsea play, and I've got to stop using that word, but Chelsea looked like, you know, they were really poor without him, and when he came on, they looked a little better, but the game was already lost. So I feel like James is going to play. I would like to have Cancelo. Would I? Would you? Would you prefer a double off of City defense instead of not having Reese James? I think you should have one Chelsea defender, and of all the Chelsea Chelsea defenders, there are the one you want is Reese James with the highest ceiling, right? Yeah, I think he'll probably play this week, but beyond that, I don't know. You know, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, I have no idea. If they win the next few games and it seems like their third spot is sealed, then maybe he starts resting Rhys James to play in Champions League. If they get kicked out of the Champions League, then all in on Rhys James, I guess. Um, but right now, I would have at least one Chelsea defender, I think. But Laporte, Before I, I mean, think about doubling on anyone else. Yeah, but I mean, Amar's question, and it's a fair one, that I did, I used to own Laporte a few weeks ago and then I sold him uh, when the doubles came around. But, He's starting almost every week. In fact, Cancelo and Laporte seem more nailed for starts than you would expect, right? They start almost every week anyway. And yeah, but they get... their, their fixture, the entire season has never been as intense as it's going to as it's gonna be this next few weeks. You know, even for Laporte, I think. Um, he played in the Champions League, right? Diaz is injured, am I yeah. right? So once Diaz is back, will he, you know, rest Laporte, play Stones and Diaz... Or something like that. I don't know. Centre-backs though, right? So, I mean, you would assume the centre-back is less prone to rotation. But, okay, I think rotation risk is equal for both Chelsea and City if you're going to look at it from that point of view. And Laporte is a steady guarantee of six points every week. Whereas with Chelsea, I mean, the Brentford performance really threw me. Like, it's it's coinciding. It's one year from the West Brom defeat, right? And it really... I did not see that coming. I knew Ericsson coming back for Brentford meant they would be more dangerous. But I just did not expect Chelsea to fold in the way they did. Yeah, but I think that wasn't the usual Chelsea team either, right? Um, he was playing 4-3-3. He rested Thiago Silva, rested Rhys James. It, it was, you know, everything was weird. <laughs> the team was just not the first team. So I wouldn't, I'm not worried myself, I think. I don't think it's an indicator of their defensive form to come. You think Plus it's a one-off? the ceiling, the ceiling. Yeah, I think it's a one-off. But the ceiling, James has the highest ceiling of all defenders in the game right now. Way higher than Laporte could ever have. Yeah. Uh, underlying data. Uh, yeah, why we, I'm becoming like a nerd now. But underlying data for James is way superior to any defender. I mean, the only one who comes close is Trent, if you take it on a per 90 basis. So yeah, for that regard, I think James still has the upside. Thiago Silva did play Sam, but the thing is they played a back four, right? They played Thiago, Rudiger, oh, yeah. Alonso, Thiago and Aspi. And it was nice to see Rudiger finally score after. I forgot he played because he scored zero points. 
<laughs> erased it from my mind. And I watched the game too. So, um, yeah, yeah. And since you mentioned Thiago Silva, we do have a question here from CFC Nick. Specifically to you, Sam, is it time to bin Thiago Silva for Matt Doherty or Ben White? Um, I already have Doherty. So, for me... Helpful, I Sam. Would, <laughs> I would. I would in your position, I think. I think it's time to go all in on Spurs. So, get that down first. Get three Spurs players first. Then, think about the other fellas. Um, ben White, though, I'm not sure. Perhaps you are... You as an Arsenal fan can enlighten me. Because um, personally, I think Tierney's absence for the rest of the season is really going to hit Arsenal's defense really hard. Um, coupled with the fact that Tomiyasu has been out, you know, so you're stuck playing, what, Cedric and Tavares? Yes, Doesn't we're... exactly inspire confidence in the yeah, defense. Yeah, we're stuck playing Portugal's fifth choice right back and it's seventh choice left back. Um neither of whom would get into their squad right now. We're also probably going to be without Partey for a little bit. So Thomas Partey, obviously, is such a vital uh, asset to our defense. So no, I mean, I, I wouldn't go near any Arsenal defenders. And anyway, Ben White has the lowest ceiling of any anybody in the world. I love him, but he's he's a six-point man. And Matt Doherty right now is playing like... He's playing better than the Matt Doherty at Wolves. Like, this is a different version. Like, when I saw him start at left-back against... Uh, Newcastle, I thought, okay, this is going to be a bad day because he's he can't shoot with his left foot. Didn't matter. He just kept cutting in on the right and it still went in, right? He cut in on the right, put in a cross for Emerson Royale, which was an assist. He got the header. And the headed goal was really amazing because I don't know if you've seen, Sam. Kane, yeah. it's a Kane assist, yeah. right? From like way outside the box. And Doherty has a it's lot a Kane of ground. assist from where Matt Doherty is supposed to be. Exactly. I loved it. It was... It was it, as an Arsenal fan, I always remember Andre and Perez would do that. They would interchange, you know, and Perez would go along and Andre would do the crossing sometimes. Are so you saying Matt Doherty is Perez? Yes, and I'm saying, uh, I mean, Harry Kane wishes he was Thierry Henry, but Matt Doherty in this scenario is Robert Perez. He's bombing in, he's running around. He's he's not like a, a fast guy, but he, he sprints past Matt Target. Target doesn't even see him come and he gets the header. And that wasn't the only chance he had. If you look at Sun's goal... Doherty is standing behind Sun. He's ready to take the shot. His leg is already like extended and then Sun rudely interrupts him. So Yeah, I have to admit, I'm, I'm kind of wishing that Doherty is going to play uh, left wing back. Because it seems like he's doing that Alonso thing, you know, where he's kind of in the box, almost like a striker. He is basically a striker, mate. He's playing yeah. a second striker. And he's so much better than Region because Region would get into those positions and then just sky it. Agreed. Although he'll probably go back on the right because... Emerson Royal is horrible. Emerson Royal is like a Robbie Savage, right? He's he's a headless chicken kind of dude. He's <laughs> he's he's got a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. He can't really kick the ball very well or do anything with it, but it somehow hits kind him and goes in. Kind of it to um to being a footballer, you know, being able to hit the ball very well. But he's got a lot of endeavor, and somehow all of his goals are like somehow he shit houses them in. It's deflected in, or this one he sort of fell in. He's, he got tackled and someone kicked, hit him and went in. But I still think, because uh, uh, Region is supposed to have a knee injury, so you'd assume Region is out this weekend, in which case, Matt Doherty against Villa. I mean, you have to own Matt Doherty. If you don't own or really own him, just, just stop what you're doing. Go and get him now. Yeah. So that would be my answer, I guess. If you have Thiago Silva, I would advise you to go for Doherty. If you already have Doherty, though, I would probably just... um. 
keep it because I don't think it's the worst thing to have Thiago Silva in your team. He may be benched, he may not be, I don't know, but I'm sure there are other transfers you can make in your team that are more important. Yeah, and he doesn't typically come on as a sub, so I think you're fine there. Um, we have a question here from Vardy Boys. This is worth doubling up on Leicester mids with their multiple double game mix to come. Now, one of the reasons I'm quite tempted to free hit instead of going for transfers in 33 is because I'm still not entirely sure about Leicester. You, I presume, watched the United-Leicester game, Sam, maybe a bit more closely than I did. What do you think? Um, remember last week we talked about Madison versus Barnes? Yeah. I'm very happy to have been proven right by staying on Team Madison. Um, not to say Barnes was bad. They were really good. Uh, United were bad. So, the issue with Leicester is that they are still in Europe. That's the main issue, right? Sorry, Leicester fans, but I think most FPL players are kind of wishing that they're going to get kicked out of Europe so that we can go all in on Leicester assets. But until then, it's going to be really tough. That's one of the reasons why I'm still saving my wildcard, actually, Siva. Um, I feel in a few weeks' time, we have more information. Maybe West Ham will get kicked out. Maybe Leicester. You know, then I'll know. I can use the wildcard to go in on them. Um, so, yeah. Definitely in 33, I think, you know, medicine. I wouldn't double, maybe. But I would definitely get some Leicester coverage for gaming 33. And um, see how they do in Europe. Hopefully, um, they'll be out. And <laughs> we can go all in 36, 37. They're going to have double, back-to-back doubles, right? And good fixtures too. Everton, Norwich, Watford, and Chelsea. There's three good fixtures out of four. Chelsea might be on the beach by then too. So, yeah, I like Leicester, but I think we have to wait and see how it goes. Yeah, I think long story short, if you're going to get one right now, you just get Madison. Doubling up is probably too much at this stage. Chip strategy. Okay, we've got a lot of questions here about chip strategy. So we've got AGFBL asking us, uh, how do you plan to navigate the end of the season if you have wildcard free hit and bench boost left to play? Um, Sam, you have you have wildcard wild and free and hit. One free hit. Yeah. yeah, you don't have bench boost. Now, I think uh, that, I mean, I've listened to enough pods this week and stuff. I think the general sort of consensus around this is if you're going to, if you've still got the wildcard, you can wildcard in 34. You can free hit in either 36 or 37 and bench boost in either 36 or 37. Now, I'd suggest we don't need to repeat what's been said. You could just go listen to the FPL Wire who make a very decent case for a bench boost in 37 simply because the teams that double in 37 are the ones with fairly cheap assets. So you're talking about your Palace, Liverpool, no, Palace, Villa as well as some bigger teams like Chelsea. So that is probably an easy way to do you get rid of your bench boost. Now, in terms of free hit, you've heard us speak about 33 versus 36 versus 37, and I think you could just have to look in fixtures and see which which week you prefer. Uh, yeah, it's so team-dependent, right? But um, I think me and Siva got the same. You're, are you still free-hitting in 33, Siva? I'm leaning towards it, and I think one point that I think we should probably make is that if you are still unsure about whether you want a free hit in 33, and I'm not 100%, then you should try and make a transfer this week. You don't have to, but you should consider it because, and try and do one that sort of is good long-term. Like I'm thinking of maybe uh, downgrading one of my non-playing forwards to like Gelhardt or somebody like that who's to save up funds. And then next week I can really decide because if you are going to free hit in 33, if you eventually decide to do that, you don't get to save the transfer. So you might as well do something with it this week if that's what, you know, if you're 50-50 about it. Yeah. I think um, 
the reason why me and Siva are both looking at free hitting 33 instead of 36 is because the teams that double in 33 are teams that you kind of don't really want long term. Burnley, Leicester, United, Newcastle, Southampton, Arsenal. Arsenal maybe, but the rest of them, mm, good for one week pun, I guess. So me and Siva are looking to aggressively hit um, game week 33 with a free hit. And then navigate 36 to 7 just with free transfers. In Siva's case. In my case, I'll probably, probably will wildcard in 35 to prepare for 36 to 7 and then 38. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people have talked about, I mean, the debate between 36 and 33 free hitting is, is really long and I don't think we should get into it here. Uh, basically, to summarize it very clearly, like Sam said, 33 is a little more high risk because it's teams that you don't really want to own long term, United in particular. 36 is nice because it's all good teams who double. But then, like Sam says, it, it does it really value the, the free hit because you've got to own maybe seven or eight of them. The flip side to that is you get the perfect squad, right? You get KDB, Foden, and Cancelo, for instance, which would be slightly harder to do just using transfers. Now, if you're in Sam's case, you've got the wildcard. This probably doesn't mean anything to you because you get set up for it a lot better. Now, if you still have triple captain, and this is a question from FPL Doctor, where do you play it? And he says he will not be using it in 37 because he's free hitting then. Triple captain, Sam, do you see any other opportunities? We've both used our triple captaincies. Yeah, we have. Now, if I were to triple captain right now, I would try to avoid a City or Liverpool player. As weird as it sounds because of the rotation risk, right? Unless City is knocked out of Europe by time 36, in which case they will have a double of Newcastle and either West Ham or Wolves, which would be a great triple captain for someone like KDB. Mm, but if they're still in Europe and things like that, then I would... I don't know, but outside of Liverpool and City, who else is there to... that has two good fixtures? I mean, Leicester do, but see, I wouldn't trust anybody from Leicester, which is why I would still, I think I would still stick with the City asset, to be honest with you. Well, if Leicester's knocked out and they're playing Everton-Norwich, I think that's a good triple captain for Madison. It's a good punt, I guess, if you want to go the differential route. You could take the risk on Spurs. At least you know they're going to play two games. Liverpool and Arsenal. Liverpool might be tough. Arsenal, I mean, if you get Harry Kane, he's probably going to score. So, (laughs) there's a guaranteed goal there already, right, Tiba? I suppose so. It's a bit tough, I think. Uh, we are triple captain. There's not many really standout fixtures. I would wait to see when City's double is confirmed. I think I would chance it on a City asset. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I love Madison, but I can't, I can't justify triple captaining him you know, or even captaining him, to be very honest with you. So I think yeah. it, it's just the too... Other, sorry, the other alternative might be a Chelsea asset in 36 if they're already knocked out, you know? Then they're focusing on the league. They're going to play Wolves and Leeds. It's a good good fixtures. Problem yeah. is, um, you never know, right, with Chelsea. I mean, we kind of know, kind of know, but we can't even say for certain who's going to I mean, you're never going to know, right? I mean, even people thought they knew with Salah and even that didn't happen. So you, you're never going to know for sure in a triple cap situation. But I think Chelsea and City are just more reliable teams and I would feel safer uh, banking on them and the good thing is by the time we get to 36 37 you will know whether they're in or out of europe and you can decide the rotation risk for yourself at that point and if you're really not convinced you go to leicester who will have a good double and yeah. may- maybe vardy's back by then in which case vardy is interesting i think let's talk about captain season let's finish up okay 
who are you captaining this week? You've got uh, the Spurs guys against Villa. City play Liverpool, so that's probably a no-go. Who are you looking at? Kane against Villa. And you're 100% locked on that? Yeah, I think so. Kane, um, best player in the league right now, I think. Good form, at home. Comfortably outscored Salah last week. <laughs> so, okay. Kane, Kane it is for me. I don't know, would you risk it on a City or Liverpool player this week? No, I'm captaining a Spurs player. I'm just not captaining Kane. Oh yeah, you're going for Doherty, right? I'm captaining Matt Doherty. And I, I generally think this is a really good opportunity to do so. Because Villa uh, look really poor. Uh, they haven't scored from open play in their last three games. And I don't say... Th- I, I feel it's lazy to say they're on the beach, but something's not right. Something's just, just off with them. They're really playing very poorly. And I think it's a good opportunity for... Spurs to finally get one of those rare clean sheets. So yeah, I like I like Matt Doherty. I think uh, he's going to expose them. They seem to be conceding a lot of chances down their flanks. I don't know why. Like, Matt Cash plays really well for Poland, but right now both him and then they've also lost Luka Dean. Uh, so they're going to have to play Ashley Young. Good punt, I think. I think it's one of those rare times you get to take these kind of punts and I, I'm quite tempted to do so. Well, that's it. Pretty much captain as first player this week. San, Kane or Doherty. Yeah. I think I think all three would do you fine. And I can't see anybody, any other fixture. I mean, you've got, of course, Leeds play Watford. And I, I mean, just can't see any other fixture that would be targeted. Well, if you took a punt to bring in Bruno this week, then I think you can captain Bruno against Everton. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's... That, yeah, you could. You could definitely captain United play against Everton. Yeah. I think if you stole Salah for Bruno, you better captain him, man. You've got to make the most of your choice. Yeah. Uh, since really went that far, you know. I like it. Everton, honestly, I mean, we were saying this before they double tonight, but I, they, they do look like they're in serious trouble right now. Okay, Sam, I think we have covered all the topics we wanted to do. Anything else to say before we close out? No, I'm good. I'm good. So let's get those green arrows, guys. And we will see you next week. Cheers. Oh, this is the thing.